It was the beginning of June. Summer was nothing more than a promise in the air. Tommaso and I drove to Valdorcia to meet Sabrina and Barbara, two sisters who own Villa Pienza. It's a beautiful place. It was our first time there, though we felt at home as soon as the first piece of warm focaccia was put on the table and the first glass was filled with crisp cold wine. So we sat there, right in the middle of the most beautiful wheat fields of Valdorcia, while a thunderstorm was brewing outside. And what we, we talked, we laughed a lot, and we shared glimpses of life, of creative work and expectations. Towards the end of the meal, when we were a little bit dizzy from all the flowing food and the infinite chats, they make some space on the table. They move aside empty glasses and the remnants of a memorable dinner. Then Sabrina, she puts there, in the middle of the table, an unpretentious cake. It was a humble ricotta crumb cake. It had coarse crumbs on top and some dark chocolate showing up in between the crumbs. But it had something alluring, something special that I could not explain. Even though I was so full of food I could barely walk, I could not resist a slice of the cake. And soon after, that slice became two, because that was followed by a second wedge. The cake was still warm from the oven, and the ricotta filling was creamy. It was almost like a mousse, and the chocolate was oozing. It was incredible. I had to have that recipe. So before starting this new episode, I want to thank you for all your comments and feedbacks on our podcast. I'm glad you enjoyed our special episode on Siena. There will be more episodes dedicated to Tuscan and Italian towns and cities, all with local experts sharing their expertise and passion with us. So wait for Florence and Rome soon. If you don't want to miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you are listening to a podcast. Then, if you are enjoying cooking with an Italian accent, please consider rating and reviewing the show if you are listening to the podcast on iPhone. It would help us enormously to be discovered by other food lovers. Last but not least, remember that you will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in the episode show notes. And don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for more information and new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And now, let's start. Ciao! My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia. I am a Tuscan-born and bred country girl, a home cook, a food writer, and a photographer. I teach Tuscan cooking classes in my house in the countryside, and I've been sharing honest, reliable Italian recipes for 10 years now, through my cookbooks and my blog, julskitchen.com. If you love everything about Italian food, big crowded tables and seasonal ingredients, join us and follow this podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. Welcome to Cooking with an Italian Accent, episode 19. Today we'll bake together the ricotta crumb cake I had at Villa Pienza in June. Sabrina gave me ingredients and an outline of the procedure to make the cake. It was easy, unbelievable easy. It was the answer to the problem of making a crostata, a short crust cake, in summer, when it is so hot that the butter melts in your hands. I used to love making crostata during my cooking classes, but then I had to stop, it was, was so hot, so I started making this cake. With this cake, you use different proportions and you rub butter, flour and sugar in coarse crumbles. Then you add an egg to bind everything together. You don't have to roll the dough, just crumble it on, on the bottom of the pan, press it and spread with the ricotta. Then crumble some more dough on top. 
It's easy, it's a foolproof recipe, and there are endless variations that you can make. So the day after, when we took this cake out of the fridge for breakfast, we had a surprise. It was dense, almost like a semifritto. You could cut neat slices and the chocolate was shining through. I, I had to make it as soon as possible. So fast forward a few months and we are at the end of August. Summer is still here. You can feel it in the scorching sun, in the smell of dried mint when you walk along a country road, in the edge rows dotted with ripe blackberries, and in the lazy afternoons spent inside. In the windows wide open at night to let the little breeze in just to breathe during the night. Since the June dinner in Valdorcia, I've been making this ricotta crumb cake at least once a week, during cooking classes and when we had friends over for dinner, trying out different combinations of flour, fruit and chocolate. Everyone was impressed when we were making the cake. It was so easy, but mostly everyone was impressed at the end of the meal when we had a thick slice of the cake accompanied by an espresso or a little glass of ice limoncello. They always had some room left for a second serving. That's why today I'm sharing this recipe here and on the blog as part of my Tuscan cooking repertoire. So what is this Tuscan cooking repertoire? Two years ago, I decided to share these recipes. They are staples of a Tuscan repertoire, analyzing the ingredients and the process with plenty of details so that if you want, you'll be able to include them, those recipes into your collection and make Tuscan cooking your signature style. I was influenced by Amanda Hesser and her memoir, Cooking for Mr. Latte. In her book, she writes, when you make a dish again and again, alternate to your liking, it becomes an expression of your aesthetic, of your palate, of who you are. And when you serve the dish to guests, they come to understand you a little better. Elizabeth told me that she thinks of a cooking repertoire as a way to stay connected to all who are important in her life. She uses recipes from friends and family as well as her own. Without a handful of recipes to start you off, cooking seems overwhelming. Well, in my case, my cooking class attendees are the family who help me develop a reliable repertoire. A mental list of tested recipes, Tuscan recipes, which tell a lot about who I am and how I like to cook and eat. This is also when I decided to leave aside recipes designed to impress in favor of those recipes, those handy dishes you could cook on a moment's notice. Recipes that, according to Amanda's work, would express my true sensibility as a cook, not my ambition. When you have guests for dinner, you can rely on your trustworthy collection and enjoy the evening. This is how you can appreciate cooking and how you can have dinner with friends without being stressed. Amanda adds to, if you learn six or eight dishes, things you will want to eat week after week, cooking won't seem such a labor and other cuisines will no longer feel so out of reach. You don't need to learn everything. A few timeless dishes that you love is enough. This is why I start sharing these recipes, written with details, with instructions, um, with lots of information. I share with you the Crespelli alla Fiorentina and the eggplant meatballs, then the ricotta and kale nudi, and one of the desserts that you love the most, a humble Tuscan apple olive oil cake. Then last year I added baked eggplants with breadcrumbs topping, and this winter a Tuscan ragu and a stuffed turkey breast. And then recently, a few months ago, an Italian potato salad. Now 
I want to share the recipe for a ricotta crumb cake. I still have to decide if I prefer the cake warm from the oven or after a few hours of the fridge. Today I'm sharing with you the recipe for this ricotta crumb cake as a part of a Tuscan cooking repertoire and as one of the unmissable summer cakes you have to do. And I'll let you decide when to serve it, if you are in a hurry or armed by an adamant patience. Now, let's move into the kitchen and let's bake it together. So here we are. We are in the kitchen downstairs in the studio and we are ready to bake a ricotta crumb cake. First of all, I'm going to heat the oven to 180 Celsius degree. Then let's have a look at the ingredients. First of all, I'm going to add 250 grams of all-purpose flour. Then next to the all-purpose flour, I'm going to add 100 grams of almond flour. As for the almond flour, this is something I really like to use, but in the original recipe that Sabrina gave me, there were 100 grams of shred coconut. So you can use both of them. Um, I would love to try also with ground hazelnuts. I think it would be a very nice cake for autumn, but for the moment I tried with shred coconut, especially nice with chocolate, and with almond flour, which is nice with all kinds of fruit, especially with apricots or berries. Then I'm going to add 50 grams of sugar. So let's say two scant tablespoons of sugar to my um, all-purpose flour and almond flour. Then I'm going to add salt. This is just a big pinch of salt. And then I'm going to add baking powder. So in Italy, baking powder comes in little bags, but um, they are about 17 grams but you can use 15 grams, 17 grams of baking powder. What is important is that your baking powder has a neutral flavor. What does it mean? It means that um, I try to avoid baking, baking powder that has a flavoring of vanilla, which is quite common in Italy, because that is not real vanilla, it's an artificial vanilla, it's vanillina, so it's a chemical essence. And then this flavor will come back for hours. So I really prefer to use natural ingredients. Uh, okay, so I have all the dry ingredients. I'm going to add butter now. It could be salted butter, unsalted butter, doesn't make a difference. I cut the butter into small cubes and then I'm going to rub all the ingredients together until I have um, fine crumbs. So just work all the ingredients with your hands until you got these fine crumbs. Mm, I love the smell of butter on my hands. Now that I have fine crumbs, I'm going to add an egg. You can beat the egg in a separate bowl or you can add the egg as it is. Now rub together the ingredients again, just like this, yes, until you got big fat crumbles. So it doesn't have to come together. You don't need to make a bowl. You'll still have crumbles, but they will be bigger and a little bit uh, sticky. That's why it's easier to make this cake than the crostata, the short crust, the typical crostata italiana. Because for the short crust, you use a different ratio of ingredients and they have to come, to come together in a bowl. So imagine in summer, trying to make this bowl, it melts everywhere and it gets very difficult to line then uh, your baking dish. With this one, we just need crumbles. Okay, now the crumbles are ready. I'm going to put them aside and prepare the filling. For the filling, the main ingredient is ricotta. Usually you read in recipes, well-drained ricotta. 
Well, you need that kind of ricotta, and you can put the ricotta in a sieve overnight in the fridge, for example, if you need to make the filling for ravioli. But today we are going to make the filling for this cake, for this crumb cake, and we need to make a kind of cream. So we need the ricotta to be soft, not wet, of course, but soft. So drain to remove the excess whey, but not too much. Don't leave the ricotta draining in the fridge for hours. I'm going to add a tablespoon, a scant tablespoon um, of sugar to the ricotta. In the recipe that I got, there was no sugar for the ricotta filling. I prefer to add just a little bit of sugar, not too much, do not exaggerate, because then remember, we are going to add on top of the ricotta either fresh fruit or jam, so we need to balance the flavors. Then I'm going to add uh, Vinsanto, so it's a sweet, wine uh, from Tuscany is a dessert wine. You can add um, kind of a tiny glass, let's say uh, a shot of Vinsanto, but you can add your favorite um, sweet wine, sweet liquor. It could be Vinsanto, it could be brandy, it could be marsala, passito. Consider that in winter you could use orange juice as well. Now I'm going to add lemon zest. Again, I really prefer to add natural flavorings. So lemon zest, orange zest, vanilla, real vanilla, cinnamon, cardamom. I try to avoid chemical essences as much as possible because they're not natural and you feel that on your tongue. Uh, then you taste them for hours. It's, it's an artificial flavoring. So I'm adding the, net, the zest of a lemon. It's important that the lemon is organic because otherwise you're going to create, along with the lemon zest, the wax and who knows what. So I added the lemon zest. And now I'm just going to mix everything. So I have my 500 grams of ricotta, a scant tablespoon of sugar, half a lemon zest, and the Vinsanto. And I'm going to mix everything until you get a very soft, creamy ricotta. Okay, the ricotta is soft, it's creamy, it's like a mousse and mm, it's tasty. So I can put this aside and let's talk a little bit about what we're going to put on top of the, of the ricotta. Uh, I say that's more than a feeling um, because you can really choose whatever you like. In the recipe I got from Sabrina, she suggested to use cinnamon in the ricotta and also to add chopped chocolate, dark chocolate. It's very nice, it's a delicious combination. But I like to experiment, so I try to use also different kinds of fruit to, to see what could happen. I really love to add summer berries. So I tried with um, my favorite strawberries or raspberries. I tried blueberries and I had a very nice cake with a little hint of bay leaves. I tried blackberries as well because they're in season now here in Tuscany. So what I do um, when I have berries, I collect about two cups of berries in a bowl. Then I add some sugar, uh, a tablespoon of lemon juice and the herbs that I want to add. I crush everything um, and I set aside for about half a minute, um, half an hour, sorry. And then when I'm ready, I spread the ricotta on top of the cake and then I add dollops of these fresh berries on top and then more crumbs and then I bake it. It's very nice. Um, grapes, grapes work fantastically as well. This is Tommaso's favorite combination. Um, I usually cut open all the grapes one by one to remove the seeds 
And then I sprinkle some cane sugar and I add also a little bit of rosemary, which is very nice with grapes. It makes a very nice, classy end of summer cake. Uh, then jam. Of course, if you can use fresh fruit, you can use jam as well. And with jam, you can choose whatever you want or your favorite jam. I tried my uh, blueberry and bay leaf jam that I made last year, which is fabulous. And I tried a uh, sweet and sour, a little bit tart um, apricot jam, which was amazing as well. And I picked jam as well, I tried, yes. Uh, but as you can use jam, you can use also uh, fruit in syrup. So if you remember a few uh, weeks ago, I made um, apricot, preserved apricots in, sh in syrup and I used them in the cake and they work perfectly as well. Then, thinking about the next season, as we are approaching finally autumn, um, I would love to try figs. Just cut them open and put them on the cake and I think they would be jammy and delicious once baked. I would love to try to crumble some marron glacé, so glazed um, chestnuts. I think that would be very, very nice. And I can't wait to try persimmons. Persimmons, they have already this jammy texture. They look like jam. So I think about cutting open a persimmon and scooping all the pulp on top of the ricotta and then bake it. I think that would be fantastic. I might add some crumbled amaretti as well. I think that would be very nice. But back to our cake. Today, I decided to bake the cake with plums. So I had this basket of plums. There are about uh, eight plums. So I just washed them and I'm going to cut them open to remove the stone. Here we are, we have all the ingredients. We have the fine crumbs of our dough. We have the whipped ricotta with some sugar and vinsanto and lemon zest. And then we have here um, about eight plums cut open and without the stone. What I'm going to do now is to take a 26 centimeter pan and I'm going to grease it with butter. Then I'm going to uh, take a piece of parchment paper, okay, that's as big as the pan, and I'm going to stick the pan, to stick the parchment paper on the butter, on the pan. So doing this, uh, what happens? Um, the parchment paper sticks to the edges and I got a nicer cake. Of course, you don't need to do this, but it's just nicer and easier once you start to prepare the cake. Now we're taking the fine crumbs and we're going to pour about a little bit more than half of the crumbs on the bottom of the pan. And I'm going to, okay, see, just press all the crumbs on the bottom to make a crust. Once you have a crust, I'm going to spread all the ricotta on top of the crust. Okay, like this. this is why I wanted the ricotta creamy, because I want to spread this with a spatula, like this, on top of the base made with the crumbs. Okay, now um, I'm going to stick all the plums on top of the ricotta. Um, I'm going to put some of them cut, uh, cut side up, some of them cut side down. This is because I want to have different colors and also I want the juices to be released in the cake and in the ricotta. Okay, I'm arranging all the plums on top and then just a sprinkle of cane sugar on top, just for the plums. Now I'm taking again what, I was, what was left 
of the crumbs and I'm just going to sprinkle them on top. So I don't want to make a, um, a crust again. So I'm not going to cover these completely. I'm just going to sprinkle these crumbs uh, over the cake, but leaving some places, you know, um, I want the plums to show and some of the ricotta to show as well. Okay, that's ready. So you see, less than 10 minutes to make a cake. We're going to put the cake in the oven. The oven is hot. So I'm going to put the cake in the oven for about 35-40 minutes and then we're going to check this. Here we are. After 35 minutes the cake was not ready yet so I baked the cake for 5 more minutes. So in 40 minutes the cake is ready. Uh, I just removed this from the oven. It's golden, pale golden, so not golden brown. And the plums, they show from the crumbs. And I see some of the ricotta as well, which is pale golden. So it's a beautiful cake. Now you have two choices. You can let the cake cool down for about half an hour and have this warm. It will be very soft, creamy, uh, very delicate. Or you can resist, put this in the fridge for about well, a few hours, but even overnight. And tomorrow you are going to slice very nice, neat slices. It will be cold, almost like a semifreddo, thanks to the ricotta. And then you can enjoy this cold with a coffee after a meal. So this is up to you. This was my recipe. Uh, well, this is Sabrina's recipe that, that became my recipe after a uh, summer of experimentation and the recipe of all the people that came to the cooking classes that tried it and loved it and made their own changings. Uh, and I hope this will become your recipe as well. Word of the day. Learn Italian language of food word after word. Every year, more than 200 people join our cooking classes. Speaking with them, I made a small dictionary of important words and pronunciations that can help you navigate through the immense world of Italian food. So if you love Italian language as much as you love Italian cooking, these are a few words that can be useful for you. Today's word is ricotta. Do you know that the name ricotta, which means recooked, explains you how the ricotta is actually made? Yes, because to make ricotta, you have whole milk, you add rennet, and the cardamom milk floats on top. They collect all the cardamom milk, they put it aside, and that will become the cheese. What is left is the whey. So they reheat or recook the whey, they add some salt, and the ricotta floats on top. So this is how you make ricotta. Ricotta is not a cheese, it is what is left after cheese has been made. So when they say that you can make ricotta at home just by adding a few drops of vinegar to curdle the milk, remember you are not making the proper ricotta, but the easiest form of fresh cheese. Ricotta is one of the ingredients we love the most in Italy. Made with sheep milk, cow milk, goat milk, buffalo milk. It is the start of many dishes. Think about the ravioli or endless cakes. But ricotta is also a great ingredient to enjoy on its own maybe with a sprinkle of salt and a drizzle of olive oil, or with some sugar or honey as a dessert. Warm, freshly made in a dairy farm, it is something out of this world. I usually spread ricotta on toasted bread for breakfast, and then I top it with a dollop homemade jam. Do you like ricotta? This is the end of today's episode of our podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. If you have questions about Italian and Tuscan cooking, 
just email me at jules at juleskitchen.com or join our Facebook group, Cooking with Jules Kitchen. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you are listening to a podcast and share it with your friends. You will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode's show notes. Don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for new stories and recipes from Tuscany. Ciao!